this semester we're looking at the book of Hebrews uh, as it speaks to us in the struggle uh, to believe. There are many uh, challenges uh, to the Christian faith, challenges uh, to believing, both for folks outside of the faith looking in, uh, as well as for those uh, within the faith to hold on uh, to, to what Christ says. And Hebrews speaks to us in that struggle uh, to encourage us in who Christ is and the confidence uh, that we can have in him. Uh, so tonight we'll be looking at chapter 2 from Hebrews, uh, beginning with verse 5, and reading just into the first verse of, uh, of chapter 1. So let, me, let me pray for us, and then we'll look at God's Word. Uh, Lord our God, we praise you, we thank you uh, for the things that we can uh, sing, uh, for the glorious truth that there is plenty of grace to be found uh, in you. Uh, we can sing those things because you have uh, told us the truth in your word, um, because you have, have cared to send your son to the world uh, that we might know uh, your love. Lord, we uh, come to you tonight with, um, from many different places. Lord, you know the things that are in our uh, thoughts, in our minds, uh, the struggles that we're going through uh, right now. Uh, Lord, you know, you know our doubts. Uh, you know the pressures that we face uh, from others. Uh, you, know, you know the guilt that we come in tonight. Lord, we pray uh, that, you would, that you would show us uh, your face, that you would show us uh, the beauty of the gospel in Christ, that we might be encouraged, that we might be transformed, that we might be used by you in your kingdom. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Hebrews uh, chapter 2 beginning with verse 5. Um, Hebrews has a lot of uh, contrast all through it. Uh, contrasting with the angels we've seen, contrasting with Moses, with other priests uh, later. Uh, and here he's still in that contrast with angels. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5. Hear the word of God. Now it was not to angels God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You have made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for, every, for everyone. <coughs> for it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. He who sanctifies those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, 
and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a faithful, a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also is faithful in all God's house. The word of the Lord that goes on to make that contrast with Moses. But, uh, we'll see that more next week. Uh, it is a struggle to believe it's a struggle uh, to, to hold to the gospel, to live out the call of the gospel. Uh, the, gospel is, the gospel may be good news, uh, but still there things, as we look around, are a long way from perfect, a long way from being uh, what, we, what we long for. The world's full of problems, of difficulties, of wars, of sorrow, uh, whether things that you can read about on the news, like seeing all the stuff going on in, in Haiti and maybe tens of thousands of people who were, uh, died in the earthquake there and an already uh, poverty-stricken uh, country to, to things all over the world, to things in your own life that you're struggling with and going through that are a long way from how you would long for them uh, to be. It's a struggle to believe good news uh, when there's so much bad news. One of the particular focuses here uh, in this passage uh, is, is death, the reality of death. It speaks of the suffering uh, of death. It even speaks of uh, the fear of death and the slavery that comes from it. When the world is, is broken, uh, messed up, when there's death all around, uh, how can we still hold to the good news of the gospel? I mean, if, if we could see everything... Uh, you know, look around and the world was perfect, it'd be easy to believe the gospel. And Okay, I can see all this is true, it's tangible, it's, it's come about. Or, or even if we could see that things are not perfect yet, but they're almost perfect, or they're coming that way, and we can see the improvement, it'd be a lot easier to believe, but that's, that's not what we see. Uh, and it's a struggle not to believe. And it's important then to, to struggle, to wrestle through uh, those issues as we look at the world around us and ask questions about how the gospel fits with that. To, to look around and ask, uh, does the world we see fit with Christian beliefs? Because if Christian beliefs don't, don't apply to the world we're in, then, then they don't matter. Um, if Christianity doesn't help us make sense of everything that we're going through and, and offer something in it, um, it'll be very hard to see its truth. But to really wrestle through and ask the question, does the gospel make sense now in our world, the way we experience it, the way we see it, does the gospel make sense of it? Uh, Hebrews speaks to us in that struggle, uh, to give us confidence in that struggle, and it calls us uh, to focus on Jesus. At the end of the passage we read there, consider Jesus, to focus on Jesus as the founder of our salvation. As we go through this uh, passage, we're going to look at three different uh, sides of it you have in your uh, sheet there below the passage as well. Uh, what we do not yet see, um, what we already see, uh, and what we can now see. Um, 
But as it's calling us to focus on Jesus, the founder of our salvation, as we see who Jesus is, uh, does the gospel make sense in the world around us? So first of all, what we uh, do not yet see. Uh, the passage starts off saying that we do not yet see a perfect world. In fact, a long way uh, from it, right? The passage begins by... Uh, uh, saying that we're speaking of the world to come, right? Uh, the world to come, the world that's not here yet, you should say. Uh, he's quoting a portion of, of Psalm 8. Uh, if you know the psalm, or you can look back there if you want to. It's a, it's a, the psalmist is, is praising God. Uh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth as he, as he looks at creation, looks at the way God designs it. And he, he says he looks up at the heavens. Ah, the stars, the works of God, of God's hand. And then he says, Lord, all this that you have made, ah, what is man that you are mindful of him? And yet you've crowned man with glory and honor and set him on, in dominion over, over your world. So that the, all the animals, and you know, names the sheep and the, the oxen, all are, are placed under, under our dominion, uh, ruling in God's glory. And it, uh, and it closes again with, our Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. As he... As he looks at creation, he's amazed to see how, uh, how God has uh, called man to be uh, stewards of God's world. Uh, stewards of it that, it's, that it would reflect God's glory uh, more and more. Um, that's not what we see. I mean, there, there's ways where we relate to and connect that passage, but then we also look and say, our... Are people living as perfect stewards of God's world that it's constantly reflecting His glory more and more? Um, no, there's a, there's a lack. Everything is not in subjection to Him yet, how the past is saying. We, we see some still struggling to survive in the world. Those who are, those who are hungry, those who don't have, some who are destroyed uh, by the world and things in it, and others who have in power are abusing uh, what we can do. Uh, not yet do we see a, a perfect world uh, I, I love the movie uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Um, it's one of Robin Williams' better better movies. He's hilarious uh, in that movie, actually. Um, it's a great movie. It's got a lot of funny scenes. It's got some got some heavy scenes uh, as well. But in the middle of that movie, uh, there's an incredible scene where uh, uh, Louis Armstrong's song uh, "What a Wonderful World" is playing. Um, it's an incredible song. You're hearing the, hearing Louis Armstrong's voice coming and belling us out. What a wonderful world. But then as you're hearing that song, it goes from image after image after image in Vietnam of poverty, of grief, of war, of death. And you're hearing, what a wonderful world, and you're seeing this little kid crying. And you're hearing you know, Louis Armstrong's voice, and then it's showing a picture of a bomb going off. Some of the real footage and some of it from the, uh, from the movie. And... It's a powerful juxtaposition of those things there. It's, it's affected the way I hear that song any time now. Uh, it's a joyous, happy song, and then, but now every time I hear it, I go, it's a wonderful world, and it's not. So you can take that song and you play it as we live our life, or as you go around and look at things in the world, and it's not yet uh, a wonderful world in all those senses. It's not yet what we see. Uh, uh, I don't know if some of y'all saw uh, Avatar. Uh, I got to see Avatar over the break. 
It's incredible. I got to see that movie twice. I've never watched movies twice. I got to see it twice in 3D. Um, and uh, visually, I don't care about the message of the movie, but visually that movie was, was amazing. Like after I watched it the first time, seriously, the next day I was going, I just want to see like the, 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 the things again, the places and the creatures that were in that movie. Like I wanted to experience again. I got to see it again. It's pretty fun. Um, but uh, their friend sent me a link uh, to an article about that movie. The article is called uh, Avatar Blues. If you've seen previews, you know there's like people that are blue from this other planet um, in the movie. But it was, it was Avatar Blues. It was talking about depression from people who have seen Avatar and then having seen the movie, they're depressed. It's really kind of a kind of weird, all, weird article. It might freak you out about the human race a little bit. Maybe we can relate to it. Um, there, there was this whole like thread of, of people um, in some you know, online forum or whatever talking about their depression, having watched Avatar, that they saw it and the movie was incredible and the world that it talked about was so neat. And then they looked around at their own life and they were like, I want to be there. And there are people, seriously, there was this one person who said that they had uh, contemplated suicide, uh, just wanting to imagine that if they died, they would wake up like as one of the Navi in this other world. And you know, it's like, okay, it's just a movie, or we're taking this a little bit too far, right? Um, but it's that sense where we see, see the way things could be. We, we see something that's, that's beautiful, and it meets some of our, our longings, and then it makes us stop and look back at the world we're in and say, not yet. It's not yet the world uh, that we're longing for. It's not yet a, a perfect world. Hopefully if you go see Avatar, none of y'all will be depressed. Give me coffee if you are. Um, but, um, but we know the difficulty of unfulfilled longings. Right? Constantly. Things that, we're, things that we're hoping for for our life that just don't, don't come about. Um, Maybe for some of you, you're already like frustrated with resolutions that you made that are kind of uh, falling behind on. Uh, but there's sometimes what you want the world to be like seems impossible. Or what you want Florida State to be like, or what you want RUF uh, to be like, um, just doesn't seem like we're we're there. Or um, right, if you're a complete football fan, have been around Florida State for for long enough. It's it's difficult not to be national championship contenders in football every year. Like that that's how Florida State football is supposed to be. And I've got this unfilled longing the last few years that we need we need to be there. Right? Um, that's just me. We not all not all long shot. All right. Um, uh, right, but much more so when you're looking at how your life hurts other people. Um, when you see how you've let yourself uh, down, that you can't be all that you strive for, or you find yourself uh, late at night in front of the computer screen again looking at stuff that you wish uh, that, you, that you weren't doing, or, or the weekend comes again and uh, what you said you wouldn't do last weekend, you're finding yourself uh, right, back, right back into it. We do not yet see a perfect world uh, that we long to, long for. And the gospel doesn't claim that everything is perfect now. Um, it does speak of the world that is coming. It points us uh, not just to the not yet, it points us to what we already see now. It points us to the remedy for the present world and its Savior. Uh, so secondly, not just what, uh, what we do not yet see, but secondly, what we do already see uh, in a perfect founder we do not yet see uh, for humanity, what we don't yet see for humanity as a, soul, as a whole, uh, we already see for, for Jesus. Look at verse 10 here. 
as he's commenting on Psalm 8. He's saying, he's saying that the psalm is, as he's applying it, it is, it is about Christ, and he's looking uh, to Christ. He says, all right, the psalm means that everything's in subjection to him and nothing's outside of his control. But, but look around at humanity. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. Uh, the world's not fully in, in our control, doing what we want it to do to, to honor God and glorify God and us uh, live in it. He says that's not what we see at present. But what do we see? We see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus. We see Jesus, we see him, according to the passage, crowned with glory and honor after his resurrection because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste uh, death for everyone. And it goes on in verse uh, 10 to speak of him as the, um, the founder of salvation, uh, that, that God should make the founder of their salvation perfect uh, through suffering. Um, so that even... Even what we see in Jesus has impact on others, right? He's tasted death uh, for others. Um, so that there's hope in what we see, what the founder has already done. Maybe we don't see, but what we, what's not true for humanity as a whole is already true for Jesus. And because it's true for him as the founder of our salvation, we have a hope in it as well. Right, we talk about the... Uh, the founding fathers and stuff. You will see the founding fathers of uh, the United States of America that, that they were involved in the establishment of our country. You know, the Declaration of Independence. We used to live up in Philadelphia, so we could go down to, to Independence Hall and see the places where they kind of you know, made all those things, where they signed the, the stuff, or go see the you know the Constitution. Um, and America is the type of country that it is today because of because of what the founding fathers did because of how they established it, because of the things uh, they wrote, the, the, the laws they set down, the documents they set down. So we're still impacted by it now because of how they founded by it. So we, we still speak about the, the founding fathers. You learn about it in your, you know, like first grade class and then continually from there on, right? Um, or or I, can't, I can't help but mention uh, Bobby Bowden as a, as a founder of FSU football. Not that football didn't exist at Florida State uh, before Bobby Bowden, just no one knew that football existed at Florida State before Bobby Bowden. Um, and, and Bobby Bowden has left his mark on, on FSU. He uh, made it a, a major program, a nationally contending uh, program. Um, and the, the character of FSU and FSU football will continue to be affected by his efforts for, for years to come. So there we've got Bobby Bowden Field. He'll still be Bobby Bowden Field. We'll have the statue there and the stained glass there uh, for, for a long time. And I fully expect that 50 years from now when people talk about FSU football and who knows who's the coach by then, they're still going to be talking about Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden that made FSU a lot of, uh, a lot of what, it, uh, what it is. <laughs> um, and Jesus, we have a, f- a founder. Right? The people describe him as the founder. Not of not of another organization, not of another program or other country, uh, but the founder of salvation. Um, he established salvation. He made possible a way of rescue from a broken world, from a messed up uh, place, and from our messed up lives. So, like the way, uh, like our country is the way it is because of the founding fathers, uh, salvation is the way it is depending upon who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. It's because of what he does that there is a salvation. But unlike uh, any other founders, Jesus is the perfect founder. 
Right, Bobby Bowden has received his, his fair share of, uh, of criticism. Um, and people still debate about the founding fathers, what they should have done, and how, what their lives were like, and, and how that affected who America became. But Jesus, the passage says that Jesus was uh, made, uh, made perfect through suffering, and that God should make the founder of their salvation uh, perfect through suffering. Not implying that there was ever any sin in Jesus, but his work wasn't always complete. But now salvation is perfected as he was made perfect. And we have, we have a way of rescue in him. We have a confident hope, even in a broken world, because he has already been made perfect, the founder of our salvation. If you look at some different things in the passage, you see what it tells us about Jesus is where to focus on him and how uh, he founded salvation. I'm commenting from, from Psalm 8 that it quotes. Uh, it describes Jesus as crowned uh, with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. Right? The, the amazing world that, that, that Psalm 8 speaks about that envisions a uh, perfect humanity uh, ruling God's world that's already true of Jesus. He is being raised from the dead with exalted. And Scripture describes him as having ascended up into heaven, sitting at the right hand of, of God, sitting on the throne of God at his right hand, ruling. Uh, ruling and dominion having been given a name that is above every name that is named, right? Here is Christ crowned with glory and honor, ruling with God over the universe. And it's happening how he wants it to happen as he's moving it toward the fullness uh, of glory. Uh, and the honor and glory that he's received, he's received as the founder of our salvation that we get to have hope of enjoying it with him. But it's something he received because of, the passage says, because of the suffering of death. Uh, why because of the suffering of death? Or why was he made perfect uh, through suffering, Right? This feels more like the not yet of the world that we're, we're talking about. Uh, because from humanity's uh, sin, and, uh, from humanity's first sin, and rebellion against God in the garden with Adam and Eve, everything's been messed up. The world since then has been suffering. Part of the, the curse, is, as God described it, the, the penalty for sin. The world's been broken, there's, there's thorns, there's pain, um, and, and we all face death. Right? The Romans describes it as the, uh, the wages of sin is death. Uh, that what our rebellion against God deserves, what our not loving God and responding to Him in perfect obedience and everything deserves is rejection from God, condemnation from God, ultimately a full uh, condemnation and rejection from God. And so we feel that how could, a, how could a suffering and a dying humanity be part of a perfect world, without just corrupting it all again, right? Uh, but here Christ is being part of humanity uh, to, to be crowned with glory. He's embracing as part of that humanity the suffering. Um, and Jesus in his humanity passes through all the consequences of our rebellion, all the thorns of life, um, all, the, all the suffering, um, the consequences of our rebellion, even death, but to rise victorious through it. So he's crowned with glory and honor through suffering. Um, and this was, according to the passage, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death 
for everyone. He's, he's making a way uh, through the suffering and even, even through death to life, uh, but not only for himself, but found him for those that he would, he would bring. Um, the, the cross is the most horrific uh, tragedy that's ever happened in history. Um, but it's, it's the ama- most amazing hope of glory for us. That here in Christ, uh, him being crucified and, the, and death, the, blame, uh, the penalty of death being taken on him, but him rising again is our hope and our salvation. Uh, Jesus raised in victory is God's gift to us. And the death uh, that, we, that we deserve, um, because we haven't loved God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, um, the, the death that we deserve because... I don't want to sacrifice myself to love my neighbor. Um, the death we deserve of all the little things and all the whole things that we have done, Christ has tasted. Um, he's experienced, or to put it in the language of other, uh, other scripture, the, the cup of wrath uh, stored up for sin, that cup of God's wrath against sin, we don't have to taste because Christ has drunk it. Uh, he has drained it to the dregs that there is no more punishment uh, to be had, no more guilt uh, to be uh, taken, no more anger from God toward us in Christ, uh, but fullness of love, even with the love that he has for his son. So Jesus has already uh, been perfected as our founder. There is already a perfect salvation from a perfect founder because God's intent is, to, is in bringing many sons to glory, as the passage describes it. And in Christ, we can share in that glory of salvation. We can see what we, what we not see um, of a perfect world, what we already see of a perfect founder in Christ. And thirdly, uh, what we can, can now see of a, per, of a perfect help. Um, we can see that we have the perfect help as, as we live in the, or in Hebrews, as we live in the as we live in the last days when God has spoken to us through His Son. As we live, as we live in the present, uh, longing for the future, uh, but with an eye and living in, in light of the past. With, with an, we live, we're living in the already and the not yet, uh, if you will, the, the combined experience, able to experience salvation but not yet seeing its completeness. Uh, with one eye on the, on the future and one eye on the past, even as we're in the present, uh, we live uh, with perfect help. Now, because of what God has already done in Christ, and what he is uh, bringing it to that we do not yet uh, see in its fullness, we can live uh, in the present struggle uh, with present help to carry us through. Uh, and this is the help that meets all of our needs and covers, uh, covers our full inability, not, um, and when we say health there, not just kind of the help of, um, you know, you kind of want to have a little bit of help in your class because you're doing all right, but you want to do better, something that kind of supplements your efforts along with it, or, um, or you're down at the lead center and you're, you know, you're, you've already done a few reps, but you need a little help just to, just to get it back up. Help that meets all of our needs and our full inability uh, that he covers. It's a help, as the pastor would describe, uh, it's a help in his victory over death and over the devil. Um, not a battle that you can just kind of say, all right, I'm, 
I'm going to take on death, and I'm sure I can kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to come out, uh, come out on top of this, right? Like, um, sorry, I just picture Bill and Ted's like, <laughs> uh, they're like playing a game against death to see if they can, they can win. Um, uh, it's not a battle that you take on, but, but, but here we have help that's beyond us, a help that's in victory over death and the devil. Um, that we may be fighting uh, the battle, but we have confidence that the war has already been won through what Christ has done. Uh, that it says, um, <clears throat> it says in verse 14 that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. That he might destroy the devil and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Uh, the very purpose of the incarnation, destroy the devil and deliver from death. And Jesus has won that war and we get to share in the victory. We get to share in the victory now of what our founder has already uh, done. Right? It's, um, he's, he's, he's destroyed the devil. It's, it's the fulfillment in, uh, of Genesis 3.15, right? The, uh, there'll be the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman waging war against one another and uh, he, will, he will crush his, his heel and he will, uh, he will crush his head. Right? Uh, Satan will strike his heel in, in, in the death of Christ on the cross and yet in his death, uh, the serpent is crushed. Um, through Christ being, being crucified, the way of salvation is opened up. Death no longer has power over him or over us because Christ's sacrifice has uh, met the penalty of justice. And the doors of God's love, the stores of mercy are opened us, up, opened up in us and given us in Christ. Um, 1 Corinthians 15 uh, says it this way, quoting a few passages, it says, Death is swallowed up in victory. Or again, it says, But death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? It goes on to say, The sting of death is sin. Uh, and the power of sin is the law. But Christ has delivered us to God. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory uh, through our Lord Jesus. Christ's death, the devil was fully defeated, delivering us uh, from death, right? I love how the passage even says, uh, delivered uh, us from the, from the fear of death, and for the slavery and the results from that fear of death. That, that we're no longer left just, just living for now, uh, because that's all there is. But if, you, if you're born and you live and then you die and that's all there is, we're stuck living for now. And when, um, and when we look around at the world and it's not what we want it to be, then you, you, you just go watch Avatar lots of times. Um, and when that doesn't work, you watch it some more. Then you just get really depressed and you talk with other people in chat rooms that are also depressed about, uh, about the movie. But when, when, uh, when, when our world is just from life to death and that's it, then... Um, that's sad. That we, we, want, we want a bigger hope. We want something more. Um, or even we're afraid of a lot of other things uh, because, right, what if we die? So what's going to happen? There's a, there's even from the fear of death and feeling that that's it and that's all my life has, uh, that, that we live our life in, in subjection to that. We live our life in slavery uh, to what might happen to us. But that's not it. Christ has founded our salvation. There's more. There's a world that is to come, a world of glory that is to come. Christ is risen, and there is life after death. So come what may now, as we are serving him, he has given us something far more. 
uh, where you know Peter would say, "All right, if we suffer uh, as as it were for for a little while, the scribes kind of like you know." Uh, however long people are living at that time, kind of a lifetime is if we suffer for a little while. Or Paul says the present sufferings aren't worth being compared to the glory that's to be revealed. But we have help then in the present, in our present struggle over death and the devil that the victory has been accomplished. To that it talks about also help in sin and temptation. Uh, we still experience the struggle of sin and temptation, but have God's help, right? For surely, verse 16, is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring uh, of Abraham. Uh, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of his people. For he himself, uh, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, He's able to help those who are being tempted. Um, we're, we're struggling in our sin. We struggle in temptation uh, constantly. And we need more with just, than just kind of a little help uh, when it comes to the desires of our heart. As 